Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Happy hump day, everyone. It's Wednesday, Pivot Podcast Day. Welcome back to Pivot. Today we're talking about the one with the butt. Season one, episode six. Woo-hoo. The one with the butt. The which one. is like the butt. A butt is in the episode title. Who knew that that would ever happen? It's probably one of my favorite episode titles. It's very simple. Yeah. To the point. <laughs> Again, we're like five-year-olds. It's fine. We are. It's, it's okay. Yeah. So you have some success, Tiana. Yes, I got my season one box set. In the mail from Amazon, Yay! which means I have my first disc yes. back. Do you feel whole again in your heart? Yeah. Okay. I do feel kind of stupid, though, because I look and I see in my like entertainment area, there's two seasons of season one or two boxes of season one. And I know that there's a full disc set in there at one, but I do feel kind of silly because like, one's like super faded out and one's like nice and new. <laughs> so you look like a hoarder. <laughs> I look like a total hoarder, which is not my personality at all. No, absolutely not. No. Minimalist to a T. But... So I was like, okay, great. I have the first disc. Let's watch the special commentary from Marta Kaufman, David Crane, and Kevin Bright Mm -hmm. on the pilot. And just some fun facts for you guys on just what they saw, right? So Central Perk, the the coffee house, was actually the inspiration for the background of the show. They wanted the show to feel like an over-caffeinated show. And so that's why we're cutting in and out of multiple storylines and multiple characters. They wanted it to feel like a coffee shop, right? People coming, going, hey, you got your regulars, you check in with them. Oh, that's interesting. I see how they did that then. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So also super interesting that I had no idea, but you see as they go through the show, they actually thought before they started writing, the principal love interest would be Joey and Monica. Oh, which, okay. I do see how they were doing that, but I also am like, I don't know. It's just just because I know it just, it wouldn't be Mm -hmm. the show if Joey and Monica got together. So yeah, yeah, I see where they were going with that though. They would have, I mean, they would have looked cute. It's just too dumb. For too good looking couple. Yeah. Good looking people for a couple. But um, so once once they got into writing, they realized that the actual love interest is between Ross and Rachel. Oh, absolutely. So 100 percent. They also really wanted music to be important in the whole series. They wanted it to be music that the cast would listen to at the time. So think like R.E.M., mm. Smash Mouth, all those good ones. I love R.E.M. I, I, they got some good stuff. <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) Other super interesting fact, the bay window in Monica and Rachel's apartment was supposed to just be two smaller windows. But James Burrow, our BFF director, he wanted it to be a big bay window. Oh, I I, I like that he did that. Much better decision. It would have been like really, it just would have felt really crammed. A little more like Chandler and Joey's apartment. Like, yeah, Monica and Rachel's is airy and bright and light it's got colorful backgrounds like it would make it it makes it feel unique too mm -hmm. so i think that it would be weird if it were just like joey and chandler's even though it would probably make sense if it were just like joey and chandler's but oh well and um and james burrows he really liked 
items. So when he's shooting, he likes items kind of in the forefront to give it a lot of dynamic energy. And so that's why you notice that beam, that beam, the beam in the kitchen, it comes and goes. It does. And whenever James Burroughs comes back for an episode, they would bring the beam back because he liked. So the beam is James Burroughs beam. It's James, the James Burroughs beam. (laughs) Say that. I spy James Burroughs beam, James Burroughs beam, James James Burroughs beam. So this episode, we have writers Adam Chase and Ira Ungerleiter. I was just waiting for oh you to God. try to pronounce that. I mean, I can't do it. You're German more than me. So I think it's Ungerleiter. 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 Yes. It doesn't have the umlaut, which you know not, what that is. So there's not like a big old like hockaloogie in your throat when you say it. D- director is Arlene Sanford. Mm-hmm. So different director. No James Burroughs. So there's no beam. And then original air date, October 27th, 1994. Love to see it. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Handmade goods are becoming more and more rare these days. You can support our newest sponsor, the Stitch Sisters, and keep handmade artisans thriving. The Stitch Sisters crochet handmade goods, anything from beanies and headbands to Christmas ornaments. Check them out at Etsy at The Stitch Sisters Store or find them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters Store. Okay, we're back, you guys. Natalie, this episode opens with the group going to see Joey in Freud. Freud! It's not just Freud. It's Freud! Exclamation point. Yes. And, you know, Rachel's pos- positive because she's never seen Joey in a play. And then the, all the other friends are like, oh, just wait. This is an incredible, incredibly low-budget production. <laughs> so one of the best things about this episode, in my opinion, is the Freud song from Joey. <laughs> and I said, Natalie... We have to sing this. She did. And I was like, are you sure? And she convinced me we do have to sing this. We song. do have to sing this song. Okay. So get ready for some magical to your ears, people. Ready, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. One, two, three. All you want is a dinkle. What you envy is a schwank. A thing for which you can tinkle or play with or simply let hang. <laughs> See, doesn't that just make you feel so much happier inside? I don't know. I think that I might resonate with, is it Chandler's quote that's like, anyone else just want to peel the skin off their bodies or just they have something else to do? That's Monica. That's Monica. That that I might resonate with a little bit more. But maybe that's what our listeners think after just hearing us sing that like, and stop. Very meta of us. Unsubscribe. (laughs) Oh, Well, thank you for indulging me. Yes, you're I really welcome. appreciate that. That's what true friendship is, right? <laughs> well, it's true friendship, right? I'll I'll sing that song, and Joey's friends will go see him in a terrible play. Exactly, that's what it means to be a good friend. So <laughs> let's get into it. Two, actually, three main storylines: Chandler, Joey, Monica. So first, Chandler at the theater. He sees a beautiful Italian woman, Aurora. Aurora. He asks her out on a date, and she accepts, which really surprises him. <laughs> During their first date, Chandler learns that Aurora is married to Rick. And has a boyfriend, Ethan. Yes. She's busy. She's a busy, busy lady. Um, and he asks, well, what do you see our relationship being as? And she's like, mainly sexual. Every guy's fantasy. Right? And so Chandler's excited because he gets all the good parts of the relationship. None of the bad ones, you know, all of the all of the good things. None of the hard conversations. Nat, what do you think? Could you Could you go out with somebody who's also going out with somebody else? Like... No, no, okay, no, yeah. hard no on that one. But I will say that I think that this type of like 
open um, polyamorous relationship is actually becoming a lot more popular and or maybe not popular, maybe more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but for is that what you would call Aurora? Is that like polyamory? I mean, I, I it feels more to me like she's just dating well, around. Well, I guess maybe it's more polygamy then. What the hell is that? Well, okay, so polygamy is where you have the male who is the head of the household and then he's got multiple wives. And yeah. so polygamy would be where you've got the woman and she's got multiple husbands oh. or male interests. So maybe less That's what it feels more like cuz it feels yeah, like she right. just a guy pops into her life and she's like, "You. Yeah, I like you and I'm open, so let's go for it." Yeah. So that actress who plays Aurora is beautiful for one. She's smoking. Um, her name is Sofia Milos, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this, but she is in one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, God. Let's bet that I haven't seen it. <laughs> I guarantee you haven't seen it because I'm such a nerd. Uh, CSI Miami. <laughs> oh, no. I love CSI Miami. Did you? Yeah. The okay. song, the what's his name with the hair? Horatio. Horatio. Hayes. Yes. Yep. Oh, no. I do love CSI Miami. Okay. Best versions of CSI, in my opinion. Agreed. So she is the... Um, I mean, she's she's one of the main characters in it. So if you went she back and is? looked, yeah, if you went back and looked and you saw it, I bet you you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember her. You'd have to. Is she Italian? Do you know? Like, I, I think. Well, she sounds really good in in the show. Let me Google that for you. Let's Google that. But after a few dates, Chandler starts to learn that Aurora has yet another man, mm. Andrew. Andrew. And he he gets jealous. He. It's human nature. Personally, for me, I don't. I could never be in like a polyamorous relationship, a polygamy, no, polygamy so I, no, relationship. No, no. It's just I'm. I know myself. Mm-hmm. I will literally kill the other person and the partner. <laughs> right. I mean, nothing I will wrong be with jail. them. If people want to do that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those ways of life. It's just for me, I am not a good sharer. And to be clear, dating does not count. Like, no. Once you've had the DTR, define the relationship. You better not be sticking that peen in anybody else, because also <laughs> I'll cut it off. <laughs> so she's serious too, guys. <laughs> so Sofia Milos is actually Italian and Greek, and Greek mm-hmm. Milos. That sounds Greek. It does sound great. Which well, she's got a Italian father and a Greek mother. Oh, so. that must have been some crazy ass holidays. Oh my god, could you imagine the food? Mm. Mm. We're just getting through the holidays, guys, and I think we're still in a food coma. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But back to Chandler. He asks her to walk away and lose all the other guys. Mm. And she says no. And she's like, why can't we just continue? And Chandler has to do what's best for Chandler. And he walks away. Oh, it's a sweet moment, actually. And you get to see a really, like, squishy side of Chandler. I know. He makes the decision that he never thought thought he would make. Ross is like, he could never get a woman like that in a million years. (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah. And it's just funny. I thought it was funny that through Chandler's storyline, the friends as a group are like the Greek chorus because he'll tell them what's happening with Aurora and they've got this like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. You can't do that. Like it's it's literally they're saying what you're saying in your mind. Yes. They're like that mouthpiece mm-hmm. for everybody else. I like that. And I think that this actually starts Chandler going to the friends and them giving him relationship advice because you see that with a lot of the He's women. He's so bad in relationships. He's so bad. Yeah. But he tries. He does. And I like that he is like, I can't keep doing this. I'm getting, I'm catching feels. Mm-hmm. It got, we got to 
That's what happens. That's why that shit doesn't work. I'm telling you, I've seen it blow up time and time again. (laughs) Anyways, if you, hey, if you, if you've seen it work, email us. Don't take my wind at gmail.com. Would love to hear it. Yeah. Good luck. Um, Next up, Joey. Joey has finished that terrible play, Freud. But for some reason, he gets a a card from an Estelle Leonard talent agency. Based on this play. Based on this play. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Joey's new agent, Estelle Leonard, first mention of Estelle, gets him a new part in the Al Pacino movie, playing his butt double. Al Pacino's butt. I play Al Pacino's butt. (laughs) So Joey's excited and he thinks it's his big shot. But the friends roast him. And, you know, the, one of my favorite lines is, after all these years of struggling, you finally found a way to crack your way into show business. I love that line. The the butt commentary is, is so good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually Joey gets on the set after getting the part. He bombs the part, though, by overacting, which is something we see from Joey. Like his typical acting career, He sometimes he just can't get it right. He is the bad actor though. That that's his quintessential role mm-hmm. in this show. So you have to you have to see him kind of bomb. One of the things he does when he first comes in is like, I'm gonna be in the new Al Pacino movie. He starts to quote an Al Pacino movie. It's like, I'm out of order. This whole courtroom's out of order. Yeah. Had no idea what he was quoting. So I've heard that quote time and time again, but could not tell you what movie it's from. Had no idea. So I Googled it. As we um, do. And it is from a 1979 movie called And Justice for All. And Justice for All. Do mm-hmm. we need to add it to the queue? What do we think? Uh, well, okay. Just watching the trailer <laughs> and some of the clips, I don't yeah. know that it's one that I would I would watch. And don't get me wrong. Al Pacino is amazing. But like 1970s, it's very cheesy and oh, very yeah. over the top. And It's probably like three hours long. Oh, I, I guarantee you. He plays a... Baltimore defense attorney who punches a judge because it's it's all about like injustice in the criminal justice system and Al Pacino's trying to fight the system and I mean it, it sounds like a great premise just uh, probably a lot of overacting hey that's where Joey gets it then <laughs> see because when Joey goes in for his role he uh, can't stop clenching his butt and the director's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going for quiet desperation. What does that look like in a butt? Well, that was my question is what do you think that looks like? I, I get before where he was like thinking and he's like, hey, butt guy, like, what are you doing? And then the second time you're like, how does a butt look desperate? Do you think it's like trying to hold in like a toot? <laughs> quiet desperation? Yeah. Or maybe he's just like tucking it. <laughs> Like he's like, yeah, like butt tuck, like a Texas tuck. Yes. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, he ends up losing the job, which is so sad. He goes back to the to the friends. They're trying to console him like no one's going to notice. And he's like, my mom will. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mrs. Tribbiani. She knows her son's butt, apparently. I know. But they eventually they say, hey, your big shot will come. And of course, it's like your friends there again to console you and help you through. That was a sweet moment. I love that. When Phoebe goes, some kid's going to run up to his friends and be like, I got the part. I got the part. I'm going to be Joey Tribbiani's ass. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That is such a nice thing to say. And, you know, and he's back on it again. So cute. Yes. One thing I wanted to address is when Joey bo- uh, bothered. No, he borrows moisturizer from Monica and God knows what he's doing in there. Oh, my God. And Chandler comes in. He's like, where's Joey? 
She's like, in the bathroom, but I don't think you want to go in there. And he goes in, my eyes, my <laughs> eyes, which is, it comes back around. It comes back around. I noticed that too, because I had never my remembered eyes. that line, but you remember the other one, which we will talk about. I think it's season six that one's in. So perfect. Yes. So next up to Monica, Mm -hmm. we start out that Rachel has cleaned the apartment for the first time, but has rearranged all the furniture and moved the green ottoman, which triggers Monica. Are you feeling like the, the same vibes of like, how are you a grown ass adult and don't know how to clean? How are you a grown ass adult and don't know how to do laundry? You know, I actually didn't get that. I think, well, no, yeah, you're right. It's like, (laughs) oh, she's cleaned for the first time and has rearranged everything. And which when I was, when I was watching this, I was, I am Monica in this moment. And my husband was with me and he goes, oh my God, that is you. Like you touched, like, no, the shoes go here. Your shit goes there. What are you doing? Like how, like you're messing with my feng shui. It's funny because when I was rewatching this, I was thinking of you thinking, oh, my God, Tiana's Monica. I wonder if she's going to realize that. Thank you for realizing it because now I don't have to uh, say it. No worries. I will. I will 100 percent own it. And you can just always tell, like, if something isn't done, like I do get really uptight and controlling about the way things are done or the way things are clean. Like, I will absolutely re-clean a thing that my like husband just has cleaned. just cleaned because <laughs> it wasn't cleaned correctly. I mean, that's how I grew up was yeah. I had closet cleaning inspections. Oh, my gosh. Are you, are you serious? I'm not joking. Oh, my gosh. It's been instilled in me from day one. My mom is going to laugh because it's like the opposite. Not that she didn't make me clean. I refuse to clean. They used to call me. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm admitting this. <laughs> they used to call me the notorious P.I.G., Oh my God. Because my, and, and granted, they're not wrong. My room was covered in clothes. You couldn't see my floor. And then I would come in like a tornado and I would clean it all up and it'd be fine. But it drove my mom crazy. Oh, that would not fly at Leah's house. Oh no. Oh, I, could, I could not She imagine. would murder you. You would not be able to leave the house. <laughs> Literally. That's funny. Don't get me wrong. Love you guys. Love you moms. Love you moms. <laughs> so the group is like, uh, hello, Monica, you are controlling about these things. And Monica's like, hey. I can be a kook. <laughs> and uh, then they test her with a bunch of scenarios like not opening the mail right away, not using a coaster, which like, come on, respect the wood, people. Use a coaster. Yes. I, I would agree with that one. I don't like the coaster, not using the wood. coaster thing. Yeah. And this leads Monica to realize that she's just like her mom. <laughs> and and then she spends the rest of the episode trying to not be her crazy ass uptight self. But... Funny, the episode ends with her in an argument with herself about taking the pair of shoes out from the uh, living room into her bedroom to prove that she is a kook. Like, it's just it's just such a Monica thing. And like, have you ever just laid in bed arguing with yourself? Yeah. Like, oh, I can I can just lay here for just a little longer. Like, okay, I don't have to go to the bathroom that bad, but I don't want to get out of bed because it's cold. Oh, my God. The bathroom dilemma. Yes. Bathroom. Bathroom. God. (laughs) bathroom dilemma it's that kind of a day literally <laughs> yes and yeah no storylines for fever or ross this one but it, they're they're kind of that emotional support mm-hmm. you see them you hear them so yeah it's still that ensemble it's just they're not featured because there's so much else going on with all of the other yeah. friends greek chorus yes the greek chorus all right so the one with the butt 
the one with the butt. What is your Joey sandwich rating? How many meatball sandwiches are we going to give this? I gave this a four. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I really, I like this Is it this Freud? One. <laughs> I don't think it was Freud or the song, <laughs> but I liked it because even though Monica annoys me with her, like, just hyper neuroticism. It's a good thing we never lived together. Oh, no. no, no. We, <laughs> that would never work. You would work. kill me. You would kill me. And you would kill me. You no. would try to move the green ottoman. I would try to move the green ottoman. I would be Rachel being like, look, I cleaned. And you'd be like, you fanned out the magazines. I, I twitch. Yes. Oh, thank you <laughs> for cleaning. Exactly. Natalie. Our friendship is all the better for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think you see a soft side of Chandler. You see, we get into now Joey's actual um, job and seeing yeah. how terrible he is. So there's more depth to Joey. You see a little bit more in depth about Monica, even though she's neurotic. It's funny. Um, and then you've got all the friends like kind of being those supports behind him. I, I think that's why I liked it. It's just it all flowed really well together. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked this episode as well. Like the main storylines coming from Chandler, Joey and Monica. I gave it now I'm like debating. I gave it a three because like it's okay. a solid episode. It is. And I think the Freud could bring me up to a three point five. Okay. I'm going to leave it at a three. Okay. Possibly with bendy rules, we could get up there. I know. With bendy, if we had, well, we do have bendy rules. Could be a 3.5. Okay. So. That's not bad, though. It's it's a good episode. Like, I totally enjoy this episode. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. Um, So, some background that we learned while watching this episode. Uh, the man playing the director in Joey's audition is none other than James Burroughs, one of the show's actual directors. Yes, our BFF James Burroughs. Can't get rid of him. Is his pole right next to him or his post, whatever. What do we call it? It's the post. It's the post. The, the kitchen post. The kitchen post. Yeah. But, <laughs> Sorry, uh, James Burroughs. Yeah. And um, and funny with Joey's play, they do like an external shot of the Freud play and mm -hmm. that's Cherry Lane Theater, which is located in Commerce Street, um, New York. Right near Washington Square. So it's an oh, actual theater. That's cool. I yeah. like how they do that with all of that B-roll because then it actually makes it feel New less, York. Yeah, it's, it's actual New York. It's not like, oh, this is a lot at Warner Brothers. So yeah, very nice. Good, good episode. Three to four meatball subs. I like it. All right. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got our moo points. Moo points. Moo All right, welcome back everyone to bloopers and blunders and bloopers and bl I feel like I should wrap bloopers and blunders. Like if I could beatbox. Any oh my god, please try. I I can't beatbox. Like oh my god. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's no, not no, working. No, no, I am not <laughs> not not going to happen, but in my head that's what it sounds like. So just imagine Natalie beatboxing well and saying bloopers and blunders. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Okay, so this one, when Joey enters the shower to be Al Pacino's butt, you can see there's like a really, really distinct shadow, and you can see that he's not actually naked. He's wearing swim trunks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's so obvious. Yeah. So I'm sure most people have seen that one. I'm like, you couldn't give him like some tidy, whitey tidies or something? That's what I was thinking. Like, why can't you just have him in like like underwear? That, mm -hmm. that's There's no difference unless i mean there is water briefs so i guess maybe they're trying i don't know and so <laughs> they could have given them black ones that aren't see-through and they get wet i don't know i'm just like going through all these things in my head 
why, why did they do that? They could have done better. Could have done better on that one for sure. A little, con- not a continuity error, definitely a blunder. Yeah. Um, so when filming the shower scene behind the director who we have figured out is actually James Burroughs, one mm-hmm. of the directors of the show is a box that says Monica's apartment. Yeah. So, which is funny. You caught that one. I hadn't caught that one, but it, it's funny because they obviously just use like the back of the set to yep. look like what they needed and didn't take out some of the props. Yeah. So for such a short scene, kind of sloppy, a little sloppy, a little sloppy Joe sandwich over there. Yeah. Let's get it together, guys. Yeah. And then Chandler's bedroom in this episode is much bigger than we'll see in like later there episodes. There's so much room for activities in there. So much room. And then it it significantly shrinks yeah. to at least half the size. So we'll talk about that when we get to more scenes with Chandler's bedroom. But I think that that's really funny Yeah, that we see so much difference in, in, that, in that room itself. Um, as far as bloopers, I, I didn't see any hard bloopers, but... But with our box set now in, T, yes. you did see a hard blooper. Well, I wouldn't call it a hard blooper so much as like a save. So ah. when and I watched this multiple times. So when Joey is singing the Freud song, it pans to the friends in the audience and just watching the reactions. If you zoom in on Chandler, you can tell that he's got like a tiny crack in his like mouth and then he like reins it back in. Oh, yeah. I, I can imagine that was so hard not oh my to break God. character. And how many takes they have to do? Oh, I bet. I, I So I can't imagine that they were sitting there unable to laugh the entire time. But yeah. that's and it's, cute. I was thinking too, like, it's it's hard. I, how do does the cast not laugh when the audience laughs? That's true. I wonder if It'd that's be so like, hard to hold a straight face. Right. That has to be a sitcom skill. Yeah. That, Actors must really develop who are in front of live audiences and hone in. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it, too. You've got comedians who do it on stage where they don't really laugh that hard at their own. I mean, jokes. some do. Some do. Some some think some laugh before they can even get the joke out. That's true. That is true. That so. might be interesting to like do some research on. Maybe we'll have to look and see if that's an actual skill. Like, how do they block it out mm-hmm. is what I want to know. Interesting. Because you can see through some of the episodes, like, when when they laugh, I think they do genuinely kind of get, like, a little laugh out or, like, a smirk or something to, like, scratch that itch and then rein it back into character. Yeah. I can see that where, like, someone laughs and it makes sense in the scene and so, mm-hmm. therefore, they get it out. But it's not so much so that it ruins the scene. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to look up look that up. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't catch anything that didn't age well. No, again, just a solid episode. Yeah, it really is. Three meatball subs, solid episode. You give it a four. I give it a four. I liked it a little bit more. I think I like Squishy Chandler. Squishy Chandler. <laughs> I love it. I love a Squishy Chandler. <laughs> so we got some good outfits though. Oh my gosh. Okay, we so have to many really good talk about this. So yes. on to Tiana's favorite section. Fashion watch. Yes. So we start out and this is in the first scene with Freud. Right. is Rachel's black top, her high-waisted black pants, the belt, the black boots. I just have perfection. Like yes. so chic. Just it just looks good and it's just I love it. Yes. I mean, I love all black. Don't put any colors on me. I love it. Like your soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kidding. But Rachel also has a really good outfit. I thought it was cool with the white top with the red cross and the jeans. Yes. I love the fit of those jeans. Yeah. I think that that fit has come back. Oh, 100%. High-waisted's also come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that 
fit on her. And I like how the, the top is kind of a little bit of a crop top, kind of a midi yeah. type shirt. Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. It's just well. a cool outfit hanging out with your friends. If I came over to her house, I'd be like, oh, where did you get that? Right. Yeah. Very so. cute. Uh, next up, Aurora's beaded shawl from the intro again at Freud. It's beautiful. And I just have some prime Italian styling genius. Like, oh, yeah. you can tell. Like, she has got class. She is a chic lady. She is Italian, like, bringing the style. Super high end woman. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Phoebe, I do. It's not an outfit, but her curls are really cute. Yes. Phoebe, this last couple episodes, I'm just like, you're just so cute and pretty. Her they, hair is just like to be desired. Like those oh curls God. are so perfect. Love them. At the same time, eh. I hated Phoebe's outfits. Yes. I. Now, what were those outfits? I mean, it is. I think that they're trying to really bring her character to this extreme of the woo-woo. The very much like the hippie with the weird layering i can't stand vests the layering man. the vests the the skirts that look like drapes like none of it yeah. is working with me it looks no. like she got dressed in the dark <laughs> yes exactly like what the hell was it's that like, they just had mismatch day at yeah my daughter's daycare and that's oh. kind of what makes it makes me think like you're supposed to let your kids pick out their clothes and it kind of looks like phoebe had mismatch day at school oh my god i can only imagine the chaos that ensued yeah it it was awesome. <laughs> well, wait, what did what did what did little one wear? What did, what did she pick out? Uh so she wore like this sweater that ha it's blue and it's got like light blue triangles on it and then her pants were like a floral design that is it, it was all over the place. <laughs> but girl rocked it. Of course. Yeah. Today was flannel. Ooh, flannel. Very, very comfy, cozy holiday season. I love Spirit Week. Spirit Week. Is that mm -hmm. what they call it? Spirit Week? Mm -hmm. Spirit Fingers. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about how this is like literally the episode of the turtleneck? Yeah. Okay. I don't how do you feel about a turtleneck? I like a turtleneck. I'm Are not you, you post? I'm not a fan. Now, okay. I am not a fan because I don't like turtlenecks to wear on myself. It actually makes me like claustrophobic. Like I don't oh, want anything like you're on being my neck. like smothered or something. Yeah, I don't like it. Like I feel like I can't breathe. Mm. But this one, there were like multiple mock turtlenecks. Yes, and I was like, well, they put Joey in two mock turtlenecks. Was one like a t-shirt mock? Um, a so neck? one of them was blue, and then the last yes. scene it was black, and so yeah. they weren't exactly the same, but they were close enough. And then Monica had the gray mock turtleneck with her yeah. skirt. I actually really like that outfit. That was cute. I like that outfit a lot. I like her chunky shoes. Those are also really, really back. Mm -hmm. Those are, mm -hmm. I mean, Doc Martens. I went shopping recently and I was just like, it was Doc Martens everywhere. They've come back for sure. With a vengeance. Yeah. But yeah, the episode of the turtleneck. And then Monica has a red turtleneck later on in the episode. I was just like, wow, did they, was it really, really cold? It was October. It was October. In New York. It was a thing. Maybe it was like the fall lines were coming out. It was all turtlenecks. The fall lines. <laughs> Speaking of Monica, her robe. I really love her robe. It reminds me, it kind of reminds me of like a Hugh Hefner robe, the red one with like oh. the black lapel thingy. Yes. Yeah. We see that again in season two yes. when Richard wears it. Oh my, yes. I cannot wait to get to that episode. That's yep. a funny one. But I, I forgot about that robe. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I love a good robe. Um, 
Chandler's green button down. Uh, this is very specific, but <laughs> Chandler's green button down with the white V-neck underneath. And he's got a lot of buttons. So you can see the V-neck underneath. And then he's got these, the sleeves rolled up. I just thought he looks so sexy. Mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, there's very few Chandler's moments. Chandler's sexy in this in this episode. Very Did they few. sex him up to meet Aurora standards? No, because this is after he breaks up with Aurora. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but it was just that. I don't know if it's the rolled sleeves, but, and I rarely think that Chandler is sexy, but I thought it in this episode, I was just like, wow. He's more endearing, but yeah, this episode was a sexy Chandler. Mm -hmm. I like, I like smushy Chandler and I like sexy Chandler. (laughs) Okay. I'm guessing that your best friend is Chandler. So let's chat about that. Shall we? (laughs) You're not wrong. Okay. Chandler's getting your mug. He's getting my mug. And that's because he's, you see the true romantic in him and, I love that he still goes for Aurora, even though it's like, I could never get that woman. I'm I'm like, hi, my name is Chandler and bye bye now. Like, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah. You're going to reject me. So I, that's why I give it to Chandler is it, not only does he have enough respect for himself to like not continue this charade for what he thinks um, it should be. And he, he's like, you know, no, I really am getting the feels. So mushy Chandler. Well, I could not agree more. Chandler is getting my mug. He is my best friend. I I think I've really realized, especially now being a grown adult, rewatching it, when the friends have to make hard decisions, I really like it Mm -hmm. because it shows growth and just facing conflict. And I really like it. And I don't think I appreciated that the first few times I watched it when I was in my 20s. I was like, whatever. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't really resonate with that. But, oh, this was so funny. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Now I'm like, oh, that was probably really yeah. hard. It's like, wisdom. That's really hard. It's wisdom. And it's it, I just love someone setting their boundaries and owning it. I love that. Yeah. Yay. Other side. Oh, I can't wait to hear yours. Who is your friend of me? Who's taking your wind? Oh, you're going to be so mad. I broke the rules again. <gasps> again, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, because everyone is really supportive here, right? There, I was like, there is literally nobody that is taking my wind except Aurora. Yes. Okay. She is taking my wind. She is my friend of me because like, what are you doing, lady? Like, at some point, it's going to be exhausting keeping up with five dudes at once. Right? That's just too much work. One's hard enough. Yes. Yeah. Just too, way too much work. I would agree with you. I will accept these bendy Gumby rules <laughs> and... I will allow you to have Aurora. Okay. Now, mine is Monica. Oh. And I think it's because I can't resonate or like it doesn't like I can't hit any of the neuroticism. It doesn't identify with you at all. Don't like, identify with it. I'm Leave the neurotic. shoes out there, bitch. It's fine. Right. Oh, dude, you should see my house right now. I've got like three <laughs> pairs of shoes in the front. Sorry. My husband's like, yeah, you should actually have more. But yeah, it's it's messy. The only time I'm neurotic is at work. And oh. I, I think I use all of my type A personality at work and I save none for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that. So Monica being neurotic, I can't. She's taking my wind a little bit. I, I can totally see. So. I can totally see. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But Well, we did it. We did the it. The one with the butt. The one with the butt. Always makes Freud. Me Nemo. That's a really big butt. I touched the butt. Touched the butt. <laughs> um, should we sing the song again? I would be down to sing the song again. Let's do it. Do you want to sing the song again? Yes. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. 
three. All you want is a dinkle. What you envy is a shrank. A thing through which you can tinkle or play with or simply let hang. Beautiful. Let's sing every episode. All right, people. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Pivot Podcast. Pivot Podcast. Please rate, review, and please do subscribe to the podcast. We love to see it and we love to see what you think. You can follow along on Instagram at the Pivot Pod. And you can also email us at don't take my wind at gmail.com with all of your questions, comments, and thoughts. No concerns. Don't let us know what you thought of our singing or do if it's positive. We'll take it. Bye. Bye.